This is the MS Show, the podcast for people with multiple sclerosis and their families who want information and inspiration. I'm Bron Webster. I've been living with MS for over 20 years. I'll be sharing with you tips, stories and ways to keep going with MS. Today's episode is looking at the diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. There will be focused follow-up pods during the week hearing some real-life stories from other people. Before we get into things, I'm not a medical professional and nothing in this podcast should be taken as medical advice. So around 110,000 people in the UK have a diagnosis of multiple cirrhosis. Around 100 people each week are being diagnosed with multiple cirrhosis. If you're wondering whether you or someone you care about might have MS, or if you're waiting diagnosis, I hope you'll find the information and stories here useful. It's natural to feel worried and to seek information when you believe you've got an undiagnosed condition. You've probably got loads of questions. What will they do to me to investigate? Why is this all taking so long? I know I've got MS. I just know it. I've got all these symptoms. Why won't anybody believe me? Listening to this episode and the following pods to get more insight. My diagnosis was more than 20 years ago. I'm not sure what, if anything, has changed since then, but the the most delay I had was the wait for appointments appointments with a neurologist and then for my first ever MRI scan. People often ask me, what were your symptoms? Now I'm going back a long time, but I know I had two complete trips and stumbles as in face planted in my childhood hometown in Yorkshire. Now I was wearing flat shoes. I hadn't been drinking. There were no uneven pavements, which these days is a bit of a rare thing, I know. And it was really embarrassing for me because one time I was walking the mile from my home into work in rush hour. So there's obviously some traffic on the roads beside me and I was on the pavement and I just fell. The other time I was walking through the town centre at lunchtime in my smart bank cashier clothes because that's what I used to do. And again, I just fell. I'd also got some sensory changes. I'd got a really weird feeling on the skin, on my back, down my right ribs. And it felt like pins and needles. It just felt weird. Now, I know with hindsight, that was probably something that is referred to as the MS hug. A really weird sensation around um, around your middle or around your chest. Now, the third thing I didn't know at the time, my dad had been diagnosed with MS around 20 years earlier. He'd kept it from me, but I guess he probably told my GP about this. And then the genetic predisposition of MS featured in that diagnosis too. Common early symptoms then. There will be another podcast during the week featuring a couple of people that have got some more recent stories that some of the most common first symptoms of fatigue there's an additional podcast talking about fatigue 
fatigue is a kind of complete exhaustion. It's all out of proportion to whatever we've been doing. So that's one of the common first symptoms. Another one which I encountered was stumbling more than before or feeling wobbly on your legs and maybe strength in your hands. So you might not be able to hold on to cutlery or you might not be able to get your foot to hit the exact spot on the ground that you wanted it to go to. A third thing, unusual feelings in the skin. So this could be pins and needles, which is what I had. For some people, it's pain. For others, it's numbness. And then slowed thinking. That might be forgetting things, struggling to concentrate, forgetting where you are, maybe getting a little bit lost. And then this really common one, problems with eyesight. A common symptom that we see, well, that the medics see, is a visual problem that usually is because of something that is called optic neuritis. And your optic nerve is the one behind your eye. And if that suffers inflammation, that can lead to visual problems. It's got to be remembered that this can also happen from an infection or from a disease of the nerve, as well as MS inflammation. The inflammation usually causes temporary problems. It's usually only one eye. It might be vision loss. It might be blind spots or little patches of vision loss. And there are other types of problems that can occur as well. They might be because of lesions further down in the brainstem. So not just the optic nerve. Uh, one of these that is due to a lesion further down the brainstem uh, it might be double vision. So those are just a few of the most common early symptoms. And it can all feel like it's taking a long time. And I wondered, how long does diagnosis take? It seems as though the length of time is massively variable. It's typically six to seven months, including tests and appointments, but it can take much longer. And there can be a real difficulty for some people if the symptoms aren't clear-cut and are put down to other causes. Sometimes it's possible that the gap between having an initial period of optic neuritis and going on to develop later symptoms can be 10, 20, even 30 years. And unless you have remembered when this all happened, it's a difficult jigsaw to put together. Typically, it can take a couple of visits to your GP, hopefully then followed by a neurologist referral, then some tests, then a return visit to the neurologist. And I know that in some parts of the country, things might be more slow just because of the workloads in their busy neurology departments. I've also heard about some people with symptoms going to A and E just to start the ball rolling. These cases are usually where the symptoms are having a really big impact on life or are causing a massive worry. Other times, it can feel like the GP's appointments are not achieving the desired result. And I have read of people on that basis going to A&E. So during this week's uh, Deep Dive podcasts, we're going to be hearing from some people 
with their diagnosis stories. The difficulty in diagnosing MS is something I do hear about time and again. And there are some reasons behind this. There's, there's actually, there's no one test that on its own will show a neurologist that somebody has MS. Also, none of the symptoms of MS are unique to the condition. The only way to reach a diagnosis is by the neurologist ruling out a range of other possible explanations because the diagnosis of multiple sclerosis is made by something called differential diagnosis. Differential diagnosis is the process of finding what's causing these symptoms by ruling out other possible causes. So basically it's a process of elimination. It can be really hard to distinguish MS from other autoimmune demyelinating syndromes, which are sometimes thought of as being MS mimics. But I didn't realise until I started this research that giving the wrong treatments can make some demyelinating conditions worse, hence why they're cautious. A recent study in Italy followed 670 people who went to their hospital with some symptoms that indicated MS. They were followed up in three years after that initial referral. Two thirds had a diagnosis of MS, but the other one third had some other similar conditions. So it might be due to vascular problems like a stroke. It might be a diagnosis of neuromyelitis optica. There are lots and lots of other reasons. So that really explains the process, the complicated jigsaw that's uh, being built to work out whether or not this is MS or not. All of the medics in England, in the UK, work to guidelines and National Institute for Health and Clinical Care Excellence, sometimes referred to as NICE, provides the guidelines for England and they have written a list of clinical presentations in MS. A loss or reduction of vision in one eye with painful eye movements, weakness or problems with balance, unsteadiness or clumsiness, an altered sensation travelling down the back and sometimes into the limbs when bending the neck forward or learning its symptom and then ascending sensory disturbance. So they are the typical presentation. In terms of what is going to happen to you, once your GP has referred you to a neurologist, your neurologist will carry out neurological checks on your movement, coordination, vision, balance, and your reflex and any other functions of the senses appropriate to what you're presenting with. So they might get you to do some walking in front of them, putting one heel in front of your toes and keeping to a straight line, almost like that check that the police might ask a drunk driver to do to see whether or not you can balance and getting out the reflex hammer and just testing some reflex responses. So that's the first step. And then based on that, 
there'll be a decision whether or not to refer you for an MRI scan. So MRI stands for magnetic resonance imaging. And that could be of the brain, it could be of your brain and your spinal cord. And that is to detect the scars that have been left by MS. They show up as little white patches and they are the ones that are referred to as lesions. Now, everybody gets more white patches on their brain as they get older. So the neurologist has to judge if they're all age-related or they might be due to MS. Again, another confusing picture of a diagnosis. I just wanted to briefly mention what is an MRI scanner. And it consists of a huge tubular magnet and there's a bed that you lay on that slides in and out of the hole in the middle of the scanner. So you go into the scanner, you have headphones on and earplugs in. It's really noisy once these magnets start sending their signals, be able to draw up these pictures. Really noisy and you can't have any metal objects in the room or on your body because it's such powerful magnetic fields. Another test that you might have is a lumbar puncture. And that's where they take a, a small amount of the fluid around your brain and spinal cord by going into your spinal cord using quite a thick needle to draw some of the fluid and then analyse it. And another type of test that you may or may not go to do is called an evoked potential test. This is small electrodes on your head, on your arms, on your legs, and they are going to measure the speed of the messages travelling along your nerves from your eyes or your ears or the skin on your limbs because if the messages are slowed again this may be due to MS and then following that all these pieces of information are put together and a diagnosis or not is generally arrived at. Now I know that awaiting diagnosis is one of the most difficult things to do. We need to bear in mind MS is a snowflake condition. No two cases are the same and although the diagnosis process can sometimes feel lengthy, remember an MS diagnosis is made following a process of elimination. So it's important to keep records of your symptoms, bring those records into your appointments while NICE do advise the health community what to look out for, some health practitioners have got more experience than others dealing with suspected cases of MS. And it's important to always look at reputable sources of information, not just Dr Google. I'd recommend somewhere like the MS Trust website, which you can find at mstrust.org.uk. If you tune in for the following follow-up pods about diagnosis, you'll hear more information and more stories. And there will also be a separate podcast about feelings following diagnosis. So do search the library and do keep listening. Thanks so much for listening to today's MS show. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. And if you'd like to get more involved with the MS show, why not join our Facebook community? Just search Facebook for The MS Show. Come back soon for another dose of MS information and inspiration.
You've been listening to the MS Show podcast. <laughs>